When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Michael C. Hall's gothadelic band Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum rocks Baltimore soundstage on July 22nd. I spoke to Hall along with drummer Peter Yanowitz and keyboardist Matt Katz-Bowen about forming the band after meeting on the set of Broadway's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. You'll also hear Hall's memories of playing iconic TV roles in Dexter and Six Feet Under. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. You're hey, welcome. Jay. Thanks for having us. All right. And uh, all right. So uh, we, I got to let's start with how, how you all met. Obviously, it was on the set of Hedwig and the Angry Inch uh, on Broadway. Michael, you know, you played that lead role. I saw it with Neil Patrick Harris on Broadway. If no one's seen it uh, that's listening, go see that absolutely amazing show. But tell me how that, so, that show ended up, you know, introducing all of you and, and you decided to start a band. Yeah, I met I met Peter playing Hedwig. Uh, Peter was uh, the drummer for the band The Angry Inch. I got a taste for what it was to front a band and to play with uh, Peter every night. It was somebody else's music, uh, but uh, it, it gave us a sense of um, how, how much fun that was. And then Peter and Matt, I think, knew each other from way back, but uh, Matt joined the band for the tour of the show, and they reacquainted and hit it off and started making instrumental stuff when they got back to New York, some of which I heard. And I, you know, just um, offered to sing on the instrumental tracks I heard and did that one day. And it was all just sort of as an experiment for fun, you know, but um, the next thing we knew we'd written like 10 songs and uh, we were like, we should play these for somebody other than ourselves. And we booked a gig and we, came up with a name and we've been just sort of chasing after it ever since. We never really consciously set out to be a band, but um, it found us. Uh, well, we love that it did. And uh, you mentioned the name. I love it. Princess goes to the butterfly museum. You have to say it a couple of times. It sticks in your head. Um, <clears throat> didn't, didn't it, wasn't it one of your, one of your guys' daughters uh, helped come up with that, right? Yeah, <clears throat> it was my daughter who came up with it. Yeah. And how, how did that happen? You were suggesting a name for her band or something? Yeah, she just came up with it. She just told me, yeah, this is this is the name that you guys are going to have. And then we just, <laughs> that was it. But it does, the merch doesn't always is a little big on it, right? <laughs> yeah, she loves it, though. I mean, she lo- we have little guitar pins that she loves. We have she loves the shirts and the cool writing and the logo and um, the hats. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like she's sort of swimming in it. It's, it's big on her. 
It is. Re- it's really cool, though. Uh, it's a really catchy name. Um, all right. Well, let's go into the music. Obviously, that's what people are going to hear about on our soundstage. So take me back. I believe you, you started with a self-titled EP and it had that haunting track Ketamine on it. Uh, I don't know which one wants to take this, but tell me about how, how that original EP and that song Ketamine came about. Like, what was that? Was it like a flourish of creativity during the pandemic or how did that actually come about? Yeah, the EP was actually done before, this is Peter, this was done before the pandemic um, around 2018, 19, or I'm not exactly sure when, but, but Ketamine was a special track that we, we, we wrote together early on. I, it started with this just four note bass line and uh, Mike heard it and immediately saw some vocal melody potential and lyrics and we sent it to Matt and he he took this piano track that he had done in, in his studio and put all these delays and effects on the piano and created, created this soundscape just from a, just from very minimal piano track and uh, might be our smallest session we've ever done. It just has a very few elements like bass and Matt's atmosphere and Mike's vocals and melody and lyrics. So it was kind of a perfect example of just the, the simplest sort of tools to achieve that that outcome. And then when we, uh, we recently just released the Ketamine Remix EP, which has four different artists from all over the world and uh, four bands that we really like, uh, did reinterpretations of the song. So I'd encourage anybody to, if they like that song, to go check out on Apple Music or Spotify, the Ketamine Remix EP. What were the four bands real quick? Uh, One's from Detroit called The Armed. and they have a great record out called Ultra Pop that everybody should check out. Uh, our mixer and and, mus- and friend Brandon Boast did a remix. A band from Norway called Pika is my name. Um, a duo from Norway did an electronic sort of remix, and then a DJ in New York, DJ Lauren Flex, did a, a sort of house remix of it. Love it. Everyone check that out. The Ketamine, the remix EP. Um, all right. And then after that, that first, uh, you know, self-titled EP, you guys did the the debut full-length album. Thanks for coming. Uh, I don't know who wants to take this one, Michael or or um, or Matt or Peter, but um, either way, just tell me about, you know, how that one came together, you know, how maybe you guys had evolved but to the point to do, you know, a full-length album at that point. Well, I think, I think we had a, we had a good amount of material together and before the pandemic hit we had plans to uh go out and do some recording in the desert uh in in um in california and do some maybe some shows out that way but that all got canceled because of the pandemic and um we were just sort of regrouping and realized that it it maybe a good time to try to put a full length together and um and kept writing i think probably half the songs on the on the thanks for coming full length were written during the pandemic the other half um give or take were were more fully realized um before that but yeah in the way the in a way the pandemic was a was a catalyst for us focusing in on and getting that recording together and um you know some of it we recorded remotely sharing ideas you know in different ways and we would get together periodically in the studio and um maybe finalize things but um yeah uh, i think i think it was a lifeline for all of us during the first sort of <laughs> pandemic 1.0 at least uh 
that that first year um, it kept us sane, kept us creative, kept us connected, and um, it, it was a real blessing that we that we had that to focus on. Awesome. Now uh, we've we've spoke we've spoken <clears throat> off camera previously in the past, and I believe uh, one of you said that that describing the sound actual sound of the band that the first time someone heard it, someone was like, "What is that sound?" So how would you describe the band sound? You know, we've dropped a lot of song titles and album titles, but just sonically, how would you describe the sound of the band? We we like to use a gothadelic sometimes, and uh, we've combined gothadelic with rocktronic, um, and you know those two compound. I don't even know what what kind of words those are. Gothadelic, rocktronic, um, seem to cover a lot of the ground that we we've, we've been covering. Gothic. Yeah, it's pretty pretty broad spectrum, eclectic, atmospheric. Um, maybe cinematic somehow. I mean, I think there's something kaleidoscopic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, um, you know, we never, we never sat down and decided how we wanted to sound or what or who we wanted to sound like. We just started making music. And um, I think the name helped with our hope that we could keep it kind of wide open. Princess goes to the Butterfly Museum. The Butterfly Museum sounds like a place where you could have a lot of different kinds of songs, kinds of sounds, kinds of feelings, different wings in the museum that you could visit. Butterfly wings. Yeah. There you go. And if you, and if you, you know, and if you create something that feels new, you can just knock down a wall and build a new wing. Right. I love it. I love it. Uh, room for all the different genres and wings of that butterfly museum. Um, all right. Well, well, real quick. Um, I know, I know Peter, uh, but prior to this, uh, in the Hedwig and all that stuff, you did drums for the wallflowers back in the day, just memories of, of that band real quick. Yeah, that was like in my first band out of college that I moved to LA and met those guys. They were just out of high school and we started the wallflowers and it was a really, really good time, especially in the beginning, uh, we were doing more experimental kind of replacements like rock and roll, which I really, I really like that kind of garage rock. But it, as over time, it seemed to sort of be morphing into, you know, more Americana, more, you know, more music. I, you know, that, that was right around the time that Nirvana came out with Nevermind. And I was just obsessed with that record and, and still kind of end to this day. And when Nirvana came out, I was just sort of like, to the wallflowers i was like we should be more like this don't you guys want to rock a little more and <laughs> and it was you know kind of contentious in the band and ultimately led to me um jumping ship just because i wanted to explore different <clears throat> kinds of music but it was a good time a good good experience and they're good guys yeah absolutely well i love that music and hope you got the one headlight fixed you probably never heard that joke before but uh how about you matt Saying, well, Matt, you said uh, Matt played keys uh, for Blondie, Cindy Lauper. You know, what do you you pick up any you know touring stage presence? Uh, you know, lessons from you know those badass ladies. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're great. Um, especially Debbie. Um, I'm actually recording with Debbie and Blondie later today for a new um, Blondie album. She's a big Princess fan. She's come to numerous shows and has even helped us carry gear um, into the venue, out of the venue, loaded into her car when we need um, extra help transporting things. 
um, she'll let us, you know, I don't know, she'll, she'll go grab us food or coffee. I mean, it's, it's uh, a great relationship. It's great to have someone around. That's basically. awesome to carry the gear, <laughs> to carry the gear, man. That is, that is legit right there. Back to the old days of struggling and carrying your own gear. Um, yeah. And just to round out the trifecta, um, Michael, you know, obviously before this band, you, you of course did Dexter. My, my listeners will kill me if you don't ask one Dexter question, but um, clearly it's changed your life. People walk down the street will know you as that, but talk about just the, uh, the genius concept of the show. And we finally got to root for a serial killer to kill other bad people. That's what made that sucker unique. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, when I would tell people about the, the, the concept of the show back when I, just signed on to do it and was about to shoot the pilot they were like oh wow good luck with that you know that's not gonna work <laughs> um but but um yeah i think there there are plenty of uh shows about dark characters and serial killers that shows movies but it was the first one to tell a story subjectively through the point of view of a serial killer and because as an audience you're um in on his traumatic origin story and appreciating that he's taken unique responsibility for his darkness and that he only kills bad people and because you're hearing his internal monologue you're kind of like um rooting for him and and implicated in what he's doing because you're you're sort of inside his experience uh, i think that's that's how that's how we managed to pull it off but um it was fun. I mean, you know, getting to work as an actor feels like getting away with something generally and if you get to play a character like Dexter you really feel like you're getting away with something so oh absolutely and and does anyone <clears throat> even come up and ask about six feet under because that was before I mean you that was sort of oh, the yeah. you were the original fun home I mean I love that show on Broadway but that was a funeral <laughs> home <laughs> you like you like oh, these yeah. dark dark yeah, yeah. Sh dark shows that that become yeah I mean cultures. they just find me you know I mean I never made a made a uh, definitive like point of of yeah. doing that being surrounded by dead bodies but it seems to keep happening <laughs> well, or at least it has up to this point but um yeah no people people uh will will certainly still um talk about six feet under and you know because of the way content survives nowadays you know some some people will talk about six feet under and reveal that they just started watching it you know so yeah. it's it's still alive out there it's cool it makes it feel like you're still working I love it. It uh, and techno yeah, technology sort of erased past, present, and future. Old shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's yeah. messed with time. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, we've messed with time enough today. So th thanks so much <laughs> for joining us. Uh, let's bring it full circle to the the Baltimore Soundstage, July twenty second. I guess you know. Tell our listeners why they should should come out, or actually, maybe the best way would uh, Michael. How would Dexter threaten them to come out? <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know. Come see the show or I'll kill you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> no, man. I mean, you know, either be glad you went to the show or regret that you didn't. You know, it's uh, it's your call. There you go. Perfect place to leave it. Again, Baltimore Soundstage on July 22nd. The band is Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum. Michael, Peter, Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. So much time to join us today. Thank, Thank you, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.